Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Flyers Talk Podcast. I'm Katie Emmer. And I'm Jordan Hall. We are your home for everything and anything Flyers related. And we have a special guest. Oh, I'm Taryn. Yes. (laughs) I thought you were going to introduce me. Sorry. I probably should have. Jordan, that was the best introduction you could have done. Thank you, Katie. You know? Just, just oh, hi, I'm Terry. And for you Twitter listeners, Jordan and I are friends. We so are friends. <laughs> just, are. just get that off the we top. The infamous gif makers here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you brought that up first. I just, uh, as we both know, as we all know, I got here this season and you guys kind of had to fill me in on that. And I was like, I thought you guys looked familiar. Yep. <laughs> what happened with this whole story? And fans that might not know, this is a gift that's really popular for you too. Huh? Should I should I tell it or do you want to tell it? You got it. You got okay. It. <laughs> so we were just in a scrum talking to Radko Gudis, actually. And, um, and this was last season. This was last season. Yeah. Um, and... Someone walked in, and I won't say who one of the players walked in, and burped very, very loudly. So I had already turned around and looked at Jordan, and I was about to look back, and then somebody burped really loud, and then I looked back around like, what was that? And Jordan was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then it became this, this terrible tweet where everybody was really mean to Jordan. <laughs> and then once everybody realized Jordan was a nice guy, it became, wow, Taryn's so mean. And I was it like, oh, my of, God. It did kind of reverse. Yeah. Uh, but in my favor a little it bit. Was, it was just one of the guys burping, and I won't dime them out. But yeah. And Jordan, Jordan did a good eyebrow raise. This is a podcast. So we got to yeah. describe that expression. You did a little. Uh, I did do a little hey. eyebrow raise. And do you remember when we first met at training camp? Oh, I remember. And Jim Jordan. Jackson came up and was like, Tell her about the eyebrows. And you, you looked at me and you were like, What's going what? on? Well, and for like, it's like, thanks, JJ. For probably five or six games after that, all the, so the scrums in the Flyers locker rooms, especially towards the end of the season, get insane. Like, yeah. there'll be like 25 people in them. That's a lot of people. And I'm always trying to get kind of in the front and make room for our camera guy because we obviously have the post game show, yeah. which Katie's always on Flyers pre and post game live. Let's half go. an hour wow. before the show. Thanks for the thanks for, for the puck plug. Shop. Um of course. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm usually trying to get good position. And then after that it became a thing where like every beat writer would walk up to me like, Hey, I don't want to stand behind you and I was kind of like, Cool then don't because it's really crowded. <laughs> like just it's fine. <laughs> so it was just like came a thing where every game it would be, you know, someone walking up to me and being like, Oh yeah, I don't wanna be a gif. I'm not gonna stand behind you and I was like, Well, I'm six feet tall, so there's other reasons why you wouldn't want to stand behind me. But I, okay. I will just put this out there, your hair looked great. In the guest. Oh, thank you. Somebody said they didn't like it. <laughs> Some, you looked great too. Thank you. Know? you, thank you. I thought it looked good too. Yeah. My hair looked good. I thought it went viral. Yeah. I mean, you guys, it was everywhere. It I, was. You know this oh, already. I know. Once, once uh, that 
I, are we allowed to say other broadcast network? No. Okay. Copy. Once it got picked up all, across the interwebs <laughs> by various meme accounts on the internet. Um, yeah, it was nuts. And are you guys going to be bad. mad if I use it for something or no? No, you can use it. I don't. Yeah, I don't care. It's more if Jordan cares. Like, I don't love it, but <laughs> but I'm okay with it. Okay. However, you. I know so that's a no. I know you'll utilize um, it in a good way. <laughs> no, we'll see. Um, anyway, fires, fires hockey. Oh. I actually, before we even get in there, I'm very fascinated again. We have such a, Taryn, she has so many fun stories. Yes. Yeah. You made it here. It was a crazy morning of weather um, throughout this week, specifically today, guys. I thought I was going to get blown away in my car, but we have yeah. a Jeep Wrangler. Yeah, a Jeep Wrangler with a soft top. And we've actually had like a couple of dicey this just reminds me, and this is the one thing, people don't give the team like enough credit for certain things, I personally think, and the travel is is one of them. We've had a number of times where like we're going to land and we've been on whether it was like the twelve day road trip or I think it was in November when we had all these trips where it was like we're gone for a day and a half or we have the first game first game in Canada and then you're going through customs on the way back and you're really flying in and getting in and at 2 2 a.m. instead of 1 a.m., which already stinks, and you're playing game the next day. We've had a couple, and today was kind of reminding me of it, where, like, we get on, and the stewardesses, like, will kind of tell you, the flight attendants will tell you, like, yeah, we're going to try to get there as quickly as possible because we have some weather behind us, and you're coming into Philadelphia, and the plane's kind of like this, and you can feel the wind. You're about to land. That's what driving my car felt like today. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, in case you wanted to really kind of relax on the flight and sleep, here's some weather that's definitely going to keep you up, so everyone's really (laughs) sleep-deprived the next day. So, yeah, that's what today And I'm sure, by the way, that weather isn't fun for Jake Voracek. I heard he's a nervous flyer. Yeah, yeah, and truthfully, so am I. I didn't realize he was bad because – so, I think I can – no one's going to care if I explain this. Basically, how it works on the plane is kind of the coaching staff, the front office sits in the front. Then the players sit in the middle area. And it's not like a normal plane. Like, there's there's tables so that the guys can face each other and talk and play cards, whatever they do. Yeah. Um, and then the back is just, like, these wonderful giant seats. And so we sit in the back. Um, the with the wonderful does. giant seats. With the wonderful <laughs> giant seats, yeah. Well, I just don't want to say we sit in the back. People are like, poor them. No, we're great. Good we're spot. all doing fine. Thank you to the flyers and everyone who puts us on that plane. Um, but we sit in the back. So sometimes we, even though we can actually physically kind of see them in front of us, we can't hear everything going on. So I was shocked because when we did media day, we asked everybody who is the worst person to sit next to on the plane. And it was one of the only categories that was completely unanimous, and it was Jake. They were like, Jake yells when we hit turbulence. Like, sometimes you kind of have to drop altitudes a little bit. And the planes never just drop. Like, you descend pretty gracefully. Apparently, Jake, like, freaks out. No, but you get that feeling. Your stomach, it's, like, kind of free-falling. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For, like, a point .8 seconds. And he yeah. said he wasn't always that way. It's, it's happened as he's gotten older and he's seen some things in the news, which is fair. But as a fellow nervous traveler, I'm like, please, Jake Voracek, don't scream on the plane and let me hear you because I don't enjoy flying particularly. My brother's a pilot and I still can't stand flying. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's not it's not great. He said, too, like they had sleep doctors come in and we asked them, we were like, what do you do when you're on a plane? And if you're one of those people who just can't sleep on a plane. And he said, oh, I, I never sleep on the plane. He's like, you just suck it up. You're just tired. I was like. That sucks, man. That's yeah. brutal. That's Especially really on brutal. the like when we did that Headstrong series, he talked about like one of the biggest things was like getting sleep and recovering, and then mm-hmm. going to a practice the next day. And he mm-hmm. mentioned that like sleep was difficult for him. He'd be yeah. up really at night and just can't go to bed because he's just thinking about things. So now he's now we now we know he's 
I was struggling a little bit on the plane as well to sleep. Man, that's yeah. While we're on the sleep tough. subject, I know we're not in the NHL. That'd be pretty sweet. But like after games for you guys, is it this like is it hard to calm down from games? Like for me, you know this. I go home and I watch cops yes. all the time. It's like my only. Maybe that's your problem. Is that cops is I like the go to? I find it. Well, it's live PD. It's very cool. Oh, I, I just love live PD. Them, my dad put me on the live PD. Oh, live PD is awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought I thought you said my dad put me on live PD. No, in, like, on no, no. no my dad put me on to live PD. <laughs> No, but it. I get this even from, you know, we hear it in the NHL. Obviously, your body is being put to the test, and it's probably physically hard to calm down. But, like, after games, do you guys find that? That it's – where do I calm down specifically over, like, a big win? Well, Jordan works until, like, 4 in the morning. Jordan and then shows up sleep. to practice at, like, 8 a.m. for an 11.30 <laughs> and practice. And doesn't complain so, one single I know. second. I, like, whatever, I'm just like – yeah, these twelve day these twelve day road trips are like no, you know you we were in, you traveled we were too. in Europe for eight days and home for three days and we went to the West Coast for eight days and I remember being like man this is brutal and then I get to practice early to shoot an interview and Jordan's already there like <laughs> typing an article and, and just calm yet. just so yeah, sad hey, hey pal how's it going how's your day I'm be, great can I be uh, chipper and positive I always I know, love seeing my what's your secret people. Jordan you know what's maybe, your routine here? maybe Jordan's the Kevin Hayes of our content room I kind of I kind of am I think you might I'll be take that. I'll take I think that you and Spencer Hollywood. together yeah. you and and Spencer, and Spencer are, are, are uh, retriever. yeah, yeah. That, you might have oh. to explain that to people yeah. Spencer is our Phillies video producer and he's, he's not a also, dog <laughs> yeah he's we, we wish we had a good Katie wishes we had a uh, golden retriever all right don't even get me started on dogs yes um, but no, Spencer uh, McCurcher is our Phillies video producer. Super positive guy, gets along with everyone. So we say he's our golden retriever. Like Jordan. Like me. So Amy Fidel also calls me a golden retriever. So we have a few golden retriever puppies uh, mm-hmm. in the content room. So that's good. You mentioned uh, what a turn this podcast has <laughs> yeah. taken already. No, I, I heard the name Kevin Hayes come up. I'm so interested. Taryn, you have so many stories. Mm-hmm. Jordan and I have been talking just in scrums. We've seen this, but. The Hollywood. Where the heck does that come from? What does the oh, Hollywood nickname great, mean? I got the inside scoop on this the yes. other day. Um, and I'm kind of hoping maybe we'll be able to do this. So we put out that Tunnel Talk piece, and he was giving us all the nicknames. And we actually had to cut a ton out because Kevin Hayes was like, this is going to be 10 minutes, right? And then he sat down, and he talked for 25 minutes. And I was like, this is the best. That's this awesome. never happens. And one of the guys like, and two, one, I'm gone. So, um, no, Kevin sat down. And so when he was younger, when he was in, like, middle school, he gave himself the, middle, the, the nickname Hollywood Hayes. He what? gave it to himself. And then it died. No one called him that. No one. And then someone from, and I forget the story in terms of who it was and who they reached out to, but someone from like his middle school hockey program reached out to one of the trainers or one of the equipment guys with the flyers and said, hey, just one day walk up to him and call him Hollywood. And and so they did. Like people start calling him Hollywood. <laughs> and he so started turning around. He was like, it's what? He's so fired yeah, up. Right. Yeah, because I said to him, I was like, how do you – because usually the nickname you make for yourself, like, never, never sticks. sticks. And so he made this nickname for himself, and he was like, I was kind of hoping, like, when it disappeared, like, maybe this is a good thing. And then the, the nickname he made for himself that he initially wanted to stick and then didn't want to stick has come back, and now – it sticks. But I think, it like, works. I've seen on Twitter people try to, like, guess what it's about and think it's about this or about that. It's every everyone, I can tell you this, everyone in that locker room really enjoys having Kevin Hayes there. It is literally just when he was, like, 13, he was like, Hollywood Hayes. <laughs> no, like, that's what it became. No. <laughs> yep. What that a story. And he was ta- – wasn't he talking about other nicknames as well? Like, what's yeah. the other favorite nickname you have on this So, team? um – 
well tk is kind of evolved so it's tiki bar it's tiki hut it's oh like gosh. a whole thing um i'm trying to think coots there it is i i really like and i asked i was like how'd you come up with that and he said i don't know one day i was just sitting there like i want to do something dumb in the tunnel and that's what came to mind oh my um, gosh uh, this one, I get a lot of questions about this, too, because the first part of it was shown on the Tunnel Talk, but it didn't have a full explainer, um, was everyone was wondering why he used to call Oscar Lindblom Cashew. <laughs> it's literally because he he told this joke about cashews once, and Oscar Lindblom thought it was hilarious, so he just started calling him Cashew. I said, what's the joke? He said, "What's what does the one nut say to the other nut when they're playing tag? or something like that yes. he says I'm a cashew <laughs> and Oscar just loved oh, it oh my god! so I thought that was funny I have to think because everybody has a name um, yeah there's a few there's a few he was like I can't tell you those I love the tiki <laughs> bar I love the yeah. tiki bar yeah. tiki hut it's and his reasoning good. was like I just call him tiki bar like, yeah. There's no yeah he was like TK, TK. Like, yeah some of them I, we had him do other Philly athletes and he had good ones for, for quite a few um, he had a lot for Jay i think he had a lot for G. He had Carson. Carson Wentz was like, it was like big red, and then it was like flame and hot, and then it was like there was like a whole evolution. He's like, let me work it out. He has like he like workshops. Oh my god, it's really funny, but it's cool because he he literally like he does them every single game, and you think it'd be annoying, like you think it'd get to the point where you know eighty plus games, you know whatever. If they hopefully they go to the playoffs, whatever games it ends up being, um, you think at some point it'd be like. Right. enough is enough but mm -hmm. you, then you realize if he doesn't do it that one game there's that kind of like letdown because they just used to kind of stand there and it'd be like yeah like you know scott lawton pumping up who's ever standing next to him or g pumping up whoever's standing next to him this is like it gets everybody together it gets them going i mean i know after last night it didn't seem that way but sure. it really like there isn't there is a very tangible effect like it's just because my room is right next to the tunnel yeah and it's like yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like you're yeah, right in the exciting. mix of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask what we thought Kevin Hayes has been bringing lately. He's obviously tied for the team lead in shorthanded <laughs> goals, but on top of that, just his contributions offensively and defensively. Chuck Fletcher, Elaine Vino, they knew that they were getting a 200 foot player out of Kevin Hayes, but yeah. with his off ice capabilities, too, to keep the team together, how valuable do you think he's become for this team? Yeah, I think he's been great. And it's nice to see him produce because I know he felt some pressure coming into this season. He admitted that um, that you know after he signed seven years, you know, fifty million, he thinks like I gotta put up points. When in reality, the, the Flyers just needed him to be his normal self, and that's yeah. be tough to play against. Help them on the penalty kill, make up nicknames, and make up nicknames. nicknames yeah. And that's one of my favorite things. Um, and Katie and Taryn, you can speak to this too. Is like there was a lot of criticism when they initially signed him from the fan base. Yeah, I think the Fly I think Flyers fans were just looking for a splashier signing, um, and then they glanced at his numbers when they saw the contract. They thought they overpaid, but real in, like in reality, I don't think fans really knew much about him. And now we've gotten to know him, right? And he's such a good guy. He's such a funny guy. And now, it, like the vibe I get on Twitter is that he's like he's the one of favorite the favorite players yeah. among the fan base. Uh, and I think that's cool to say. Yeah, I'll say because, you know. I'm sure we'll get to this a little bit later, but we did that one-on-one -on -one interview with Chuck Fletcher, and I asked him, like, do you feel like you bought what you were sold in terms of the guys that you went out and got in the offseason? Yeah. And specifically kind of talking about Kevin Hayes and Matt Niskanen, because we all love Matt Niskanen now, but I remember 
when I like tweeted out that <laughs> that the Flyers had traded Gudis for Matt Niskanen, it, the response was a lot of like, oh, this is a lateral move. This is a lateral move. And I really liked Radko Gudis, and I think he brought a lot to the team. I think Matt Niskanen brings a whole nother aspect to the team that – you know, like Ivan Provorov really needed in someone who, and I think we're seeing Ivan Provorov play so much better because he has a Matt Niskanen next to him. But Kevin Hayes was another one where it was sort of like, you know, it, they you got the splashy signing in terms of numbers, yeah. but they mm-hmm. felt like they didn't get it in terms of name. And yeah. when he came in here, I think it, it almost the frustration started to mount. But when you talk to him, and it was really interesting, like I had talked to him a bunch of times because it went on for quite a while, and you'd kind of check in and say, how do you deal with this? Do you see it? Do you look at it? Because some people seek out kind of their negative, whether they'll say it or not. Like I won't name names, but some people really do seek out what's being said about them. And Kevin was just like, no. Like, you know, at times I feel like I'm doing stuff right, and the puck's just not going in the net. Other times I feel like I'm just off my game, and sometimes you have – a 13 game point streak and then that one game you're off your game but when it happens when you're not scoring it's a whole different issue um but he from the get-go I think has kind of been I I think got to him a little bit but he's been very comfortable and like I know what I'm capable of and I know what I can bring to this team and it's a lot and we're seeing it now and like you said he's kind of become a fan favorite and once he stopped pushing that was when i think we saw him do what he's doing now and it's interesting you know we talk about the shorthanded goals and stuff and we got to talk to mike yo ahead of yesterday's game so depending on what day you're listening to this this is before the devil's game and we asked like why is kevin hayes scoring all these shorthanded goals and he said i sat him down and i showed him the film from the pk and all the goals he scored and i said just remember all of these goals you didn't cheat on one of them. You were where you were supposed to be, you know, long body, long stick. You poked it away, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's deceptively fast. I think because his strides are so he, – he's not as fast as a Sandheim, but I think it's Sandheim syndrome where their strides are so long, they're so tall, you yeah. kind of underestimate how fast they are. But in getting past people to go to the goal when they have space <laughs> and it's not an agility thing, it's an actual speed thing, he can beat a lot of people. And so Mike Yo kind of said, stay true to your game. And I think that's been kind of the – the whole season is he's done well when he stayed true to his game, yeah. whether it's mm-hmm. five on five or PK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we're seeing now and, and Chuck Fletcher said with Kevin Hayes, I'm seeing, I'm seeing what I wanted when I got him. Mm-hmm. Like I'm seeing a guy who has a much bigger impact than what he does for 200 feet and who also has an impact for 200 feet. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's been great. And it's obviously, I mean, I know, it's so bizarre because that picture went out of Kevin Hayes and Nolan Patrick at practice yeah. at morning skate yesterday. And everybody like loved it as if these two were like old pals. And really Kevin Hayes is a new guy to the team and had Nolan Patrick live in his house. Couldn't be two more different personalities. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like a wonderful thing to see. It's just, yeah, I think he's had a huge impact on the team. Yeah. And if you, you guys have both kind of covered everything that he's brought to this team and how, Chuck Fletcher thinks of it too, and we'll get into that. Taryn caught up with the GM earlier this week. But a big thing with Kevin Hayes too, on top of all of this, he has become that fan favorite, but from the get-go, yes, it's a big contract. There's a lot of money. There's negativity surrounding that. He was happy to be here in Philadelphia. You heard it on different podcasts. I've heard him say it countless times. He's happy to be in this city. And I feel like with all the capabilities you guys have both mentioned already that you know I I agree with, on top of that, this is a player that, yes, he's getting paid quite a lot of money, but he's also happy yeah. to be here. And for the fans, how do you not love that? You mentioned Matt Niskanen, and he was on – we talked – Jordan and I talked a lot about him the last, 
episode just with like tis but to scratch like all i all i remember is just that interview this is a battler i mean i'm not going to yeah. compare the two because you can't they're two different players yeah but you you brought up a good point matt niskanen brings so much or so many good things too i was going to say like a veteran presence because he certainly has been oh, yeah. that guy he's so serious like after games especially when you talk about the five nothing loss to the devils last night just a very accountable serious guy yeah, and it's it's interesting because it's a seriousness that's not like a like a grave, depressing seriousness. It's, it's like, like a, a very matter done. of fact. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, which is nice because even when they this team this year has gone through streaks, like they'll have great winning streaks and they'll kind of have these three four game losing streaks, yeah. which you know knock on wood, that's not what we're dealing with here. But yeah. um, Mass always kind of stays within himself, and he's always sort of like. Yeah, I mean, we have the talent to not lose again, so we're just going to look at the tape and not lose again. Like, yeah. And that's nice because it – and I can say this from last year. Last year, especially at the beginning of the season when they'd go on these kind of dips, that was not the feeling. Like, even at the beginning of the year, it was very much like this is unraveling. And, like, it's it's nice because it seems like the leadership group in there right now and with Elaine Vigneault, it's a much different – Matt's probably – the best example of that it's like I mean I mean Matt said last night like that was not us that is not how we play we have to deal with it those bad losses happen but that's that's not how we play like that's not our our ceiling against their ceiling and their ceiling is five goals and our ceilings no goals you did say too like the biggest lesson learned tonight we have to be ready from the start Mm -hmm. especially when you look at the start of each period for the Flyers last night they let a goal in under two minutes in every single period the start of the game 13 seconds you go, so. where does it go wrong? And he goes 13 seconds in. It's <laughs> yeah. like, Seriously, well, Matt no. couldn't have Elaine said it Vigneault, any better. Yeah, Lane Vigneault, he didn't, he didn't call out Claude Giroux, but he said that 13 seconds in, Giroux doesn't really pounce on that puck, lets a guy beat him to it, and then, yeah, they score, and all of a sudden it's one nothing, and some fans are booing and thinking, gosh, one nothing Devils, and it kind of just unraveled. They never really collected themselves, and, yeah, yeah the starts to periods are huge. Claude really holds himself accountable, yeah. too, though. I think people, because Claude's kind of um, – like, he's not soft-spoken, but at times he is kind of – like, Claude's the first guy to call himself out. Like, yeah. the first question of the game, what was the biggest issue? But I didn't ask Claude about his mistake, and he said, well, you know, on that first goal, that's only me. And yeah. I was just like, all right. So I, it's just a different – you know, it's nice because now it feels like it's not – there's not so – you had a great article about this too. There, there's not so much weight on Claude. Yeah. Like, there's other leaders yeah. who get some of that – responsibility where they feel like it's on them to talk about it too which I think has actually really helped G out quite a bit yeah now Matt Niskanen like you said Taryn is stepping up after the game and keeping things in perspective and Kevin Hayes I think has taken on a big leadership yeah. role he talks good or bad um the goaltenders well. because the it's not a volatile situation like we know we have two good goaltenders so mm-hmm. you know it's not all on Brian Elliott but when Brian Elliott has like a rougher night it's I think it's easier for him to shoulder some of the issues without it being like feeling you know like it's a bigger issue than it is you know and that's exactly to go back to where we started that's exactly what Matt kind of does let's not make this a bigger issue than it is this game did not go how we wanted it to but we have another game on Saturday you know he's kind of that that guy and I think that has become the attitude of the whole locker room which is nice Jones even said in the game broadcast nearing the end it was like two minutes left and he said overall last night on the call that there's not you can't just call out one single player from that game Mm -hmm. it's a full team effort of errors or mistakes or just anything that went wrong last night and then referencing someone else Chris Terrian on post game was just saying 
you're going to have games like this. Yeah. And I agree with that. Um, I do think you're not going to be on every night specifically as we talk about Claude Giroux and just some of these guys that need to be scoring. Like, yeah, they're getting paid a lot. They need to be producing, but you're not going to have it some nights. And yeah. last night wasn't the night. The biggest concern, though, and we've mentioned this too, this can't start adding up at this time of the season. You have to have a response. And uh, going back to Niskanen, that's what he said too. A lot of these guys, like, we need to have a response yeah. on Saturday. And G said it too because he was asked about, you know, a, a bad loss. It, the, there were a lot of questions of when you've played as well as you have. Before that loss, I think they only had two regulation losses in, like, the last month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before that, that loss – it, they had been playing some great hockey, and the question kept being, when you play good hockey, is it easier to kind of say, this was a fluke, we flush it, we move on, quarterback mentality about this one, versus really sitting down and looking at what you, you know, pounding what you did wrong all game. And, you know, none of the guys were like, yeah, that's okay, because you just can't be that way. But there was this feeling, and G said it too, is every team has bad losses at some point of the year. Like – I can't. I'm trying to think of the last really bad loss like that. I mean, I know the West Coast road trip was was oh, yeah. rough, right. but I'm trying to think of like a, a kind of a blowout bad loss like that. And the last one I can remember was like in Pittsburgh a while ago. Yeah, or maybe Winnipeg. They lost like seven three. But yeah, that was a tough road trip. Yeah, things that was were going a brutal on. road trip. Yeah, um, as someone who was on the road with them, <laughs> right. that was rough. But um, well, Lane Dino even said it last night, and we we all know he's like a no sugarcoat kind of guy like yeah. he will say say it as it is um he even said like teams have this like they have they have these there's no excuses for them but you just got to move past it and understand like over the course of an 82 game season it's going to happen and that yeah. was one of the biggest questions I was thinking too after that game went final I was like is this going to be tomorrow at practice you're going to get big skate like he's going <laughs> to throw it on them like you guys can't let this happen or is this one that you just they played good hockey they had one night off that they just were off they weren't doing mm-hmm. what they needed to do mm-hmm. and you just move on and that's exactly what ended up happening yeah Elaine Vino not as unhappy as we would yeah. think mm-hmm. and um Chuck said this again in our one-on-one and I thought it kind of perfectly summarizes kind of how AV treats stuff is he's non-reactionary like he he assesses things and he does things accordingly but he's a non-reactionary guy when they went on that west coast road trip and they played very poorly um, they really struggled on that West Coast road trip. And everybody, truthfully, was kind of looking at each other during that road trip and was like, what is going on? Like, yeah. what? there wasn't, like, one thing. It was just, what is wrong? Um, AV will adjust things and evaluate things, but he doesn't come back and kind of throw the kitchen sink at them and try to, <laughs> yeah. like, punish them. Yeah. It's, it's let's figure out how to move on. And that was something Chuck really liked about him and That's wanted different. in a coach. Yeah, he yeah. said, I think that comes – from between him and Michelle Terrian and Mike Yo and uh, Ian LaPerrier, like you have so much coaching and playing experience that you just know this works, this doesn't work, mm-hmm. this is what I'm gonna do. As angry or as upset or disappointed as I am, I'm not gonna do this thing that doesn't work. Um, which is honestly like I really think cool. I think the team appreciates refreshing. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Elaine Vino, so many good stories. <laughs> so many no. But I mean, we've referenced this interview so many times. You caught up with GM Chuck Fletcher earlier this week. Yes. Uh, part one aired on our pregame yesterday. We were referencing parts of it. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest moment from this? At least in that it's a full, it's three parts. So the, the final two will be airing mm-hmm. throughout the next 
I would assume we Flyers pregame live. live. Flyers pregame live. Half an hour after Hosted by Katie Emmer. Well, right. No, but great interview. Um, We saw the part one yesterday, so let's talk about that. Just you've mentioned a couple different points, but what was kind of the biggest eye-opening comment he would make? Well, we generally, and this is why I keep referencing it. Sorry, it's not shameless (laughs) self-promotion. Is we don't really get, we get to talk to Chuck a lot, like at the team hotels and he's on trips with us a lot, but we don't really get to sit down. Most people don't get to sit down with him one-on-one very often. And so it's very interesting because he's a very nice, very open guy. Um, But he was saying like, you know, the one thing I really wanted to ask him about, and he gave me a great answer was I was kind of saying, when it comes to Alain Vigneault, it's, He's very vocal. He really holds people accountable, but Philly has really responded to it. Like Philly fans really enjoy that. And not to throw anybody over under the bus, but it's almost like the reverse Gabe Kapler is what I said. Like Gabe was very, very positive all the time. And Philly fans were kind of like, okay, like let's be real, you know? And I don't think it's a knock on anybody's style. I just think it's, it's what you're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elaine's the first guy to say, this player didn't, I need this out of this player, I need this out of that player, say it publicly. But he's also, if you ask AV about it, he's the first guy to say, like, I don't say anything to you I haven't already said to them. And Chuck has said, I, I really enjoy that he is that coach because he never goes outside of himself in the way that he says it. He's very respectful. He's mm-hmm. super professional about it. And I think you've seen how good he is at it in the way the guys respond, you know? Veteran players, Jake Voracek, Claude Giroux, you know, even Kevin Hayes with a big contract. Like, he, throughout the season, has named them by name and said, I need more, I need this, I need that. And they're not mad. They're receptive to hearing that. And they're not surprised. AV says it to them in practice. Um, And I think hearing Chuck say – I like that. Like, I like that he does that. I like the way he does it. I like the way the players have responded. Mm -hmm. I thought that was huge. Um, Because, again, it's one of those things that I think in Philly, having grown up in this area, really resonates with fans. Because you're sitting at home saying these things to your TV, and then you hear your coach just saying the same things to the players. I think people enjoy that. That's cool, yeah. And to hear a GM to say – I enjoy that he does it, and I enjoy the way he does it, and I enjoy the players receive it. I think it's huge. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, as I mentioned before, I think talking to him about off-season pickups and do you feel like you bought what you were sold? Mm-hmm. He went through player by player. Kevin Hayes, you know, Matt Niskanen, Justin Braun, yeah. Tyler Pitlick, and was kind of like, yeah. And Tyler Pitlick has been the the almost pleasant surprise. Yeah, you as know? of late specifically. Um, and then the other thing that was interesting was we were kind of like, you know, th- there's a hump that the fan base and I'm sure the team would really like to see this team get over, which is A, getting into the playoffs, and B, getting out of the first round. Um, and, you know, we're kind of like, do you feel like you have the pieces mm-hmm. to do that? And he said, internally, yeah, I do. And he said, but we're always making calls, and if there's something out there um, that we feel like can help our team long term and in the future, you know, we'll evaluate that so he's just you know like i said it's chuck really talks to you when he talks you know if you ask him a question he really gives you an answer so yeah i'm pretty excited about it because he gave us lots of great stuff and it's very easy for a gm to sit in that seat and kind of say a lot without saying anything and he didn't do that at all so good yeah so good no but very interesting part one um can't wait to see the rest of it i was gonna say too you talk about the 
the future that he's looking to build. And Jordan and I have talked about this trade deadline approaching so much. Um, the Flyers clearly need some scoring. They need some mm-hmm. depth. and Well, they have the depth, but they need some, some bigger guys to be pitching in because, unfortunately, they've lost some top forwards. Um, hoping for a speedy recovery from Nolan Patrick, though. That's another topic we can get yeah. into. But, Jordan, you had a really good article, too, because, I mean, I've, I've mentioned this. Um, I don't have specific targets that I would see – best with the Flyers I just know that we need someone that's going to be able to jump into this squad right now help them on a playoff push in in your eyes from an article that might be Tyler Toffoli from the Kings yeah uh Elliot Freeman of Sportsnet reported that um it's, it's very likely that the Kings will trade him and that he believes Philadelphia has been interested uh has kind of has kind of kicked the tires on that thought so um, it's an interesting player. Uh, yeah. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's, he's scored 31 goals in 2015-16. A lot of experience. Um, a guy that could, you know, fill in on your wing, play both special teams. Uh, there, is a ca- there are a few caveats, though. He can become an unrestricted free agent after this season, um, and he's got a 4.6 million cap hit. So, as we all know, the Flyers <laughs> don't have a ton of cap, don't space. Have that cap yeah. space. Just a little over a million. Um, and he's... And, I really like Tyler Toffoli. I think we all do, and we know his uh, his track record. But he would probably require a player, a decent player, or a prospect, and maybe like a top three round draft pick. So it would be a, a big risk for a second half rental that you're only going to have for twenty something games, and then have him possibly walk. So um, a very interesting player that I think they're going to uh, Chuck Fletcher will be picking up the phone and and looking into. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Do you guys think they need to go out and really add a, a name like that or maybe just a depth piece? Or do you think they're going to trust some of the young kids they have in their bottom six? I I know I'm biased because, like, I spend time around these people all the time. And so I'm like, yeah, I've seen them play at their best and I believe in them. Um, but <laughs> I, I personally do. When Tyler Pitlick is playing the way that they need him to play, when Nico Bay-Cubell, who has been another happy yeah. surprise, yeah. plays the way that he can – um, you know, and when the the guys on the team play the way they can, the way we've seen them play, you know, against Boston, uh, against the Caps when they came back from the West Coast, when they went to St. Louis, like we've seen the guys that the are capabilities there play of this team, very sure. well and play together. Um, you know, I I think honestly that there's the piece, and I also don't think that some of the moves make sense in terms of the team's not just looking at this year. There's a lot of youth that's talented on this team, mm-hmm. and I don't think they're willing to make huge moves to jeopardize the potential of what those guys can bring and what they already have. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't have an inside track on this, like, well, so don't take that, my word as – <laughs> But you know, it's, it's just, like, I, I don't just, have a specific target. I know yeah. what they need, but at the same time – would adding someone in, Jordan, you mentioned this, like how much would that throw off the camaraderie they've built yeah, up? Yeah, like, You even look at Taylor Hall getting added into Arizona, and mm-hmm. it's just so hard to take a guy midseason yeah. out of an organization, put him in a new organization, hope that he's going to contribute, and it just doesn't. I mean, and eventually Hall might start building up some more chemistry with this team. I mean, it has been not even a full season, and I don't know how many games he's been there already. But yeah. that being an example, it, not that that's always going to happen when you add a new guy or make a trade, but – Changing things up when we've seen their capabilities might honestly, in my opinion, throw off what you already have going into the playoff push. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. I think trades at the at the deadline can work one way or the other in like really um, good ways and really bad ways. Like one, they can come in and really give you something, or 
uh, the, the other side of the coin, they can come in and maybe the team was like, well, hey, we thought we had what we needed. Um, yeah. Then we just kicked the guy out of his role. And now we have this new guy who we, no one knows comes in. And yeah, it might just mess with the locker room. It might mess with some of the players who thought they were playing well. Um, gosh, we even saw it with Robert Head the other yeah. day, yesterday. He has to come out because the Flyers got a body back. They got Shane Gossersper back. And Robert Haig was not happy. He thought he was playing really well. He said he was pissed, um, but there's nothing you can do about it. And it def- you could tell he wants to play, and he thought he deserved playing time. You bring a guy in, you're probably going to take someone's role. Yeah, and who I, knows what that does for a team? I just and I don't. Again, I don't think this is reason not to trade. Um, but I look at what do they desperately need, and what would they have to give up for that? Yeah. And I don't know that in terms of the way it would interrupt the locker room it makes a ton like depending on what you can get it there's just and i'll say this from top to bottom from the vets to the very young guys to the lehigh valley guys they've called up this team has become incredibly incredibly close Mm -hmm. and they really do i mean if nico bacubel checks some guy into the bench you watch the whole flyers bench they'll be screaming and he was with the phantoms to start the year um, and, you know, if they have to call up, you know, an Andrea Off or a Twerensky or something, I mean, the guys love Carson. There's yeah. certain things where you sit there and you're just like, does this – depending on what you give up and what you're getting, which I know this is like the most generic and nonspecific no, response yeah. ever, no. I, I don't know that certain things make sense, especially when I hear Chuck say, I think we do have the pieces. Like, I do. It, but if something comes along that can help us now and can help us long term – we're going to evaluate that. That makes me think like there's not, it's not like they have a starving need for Mm. something. They just need their players. They have to play the way we've seen them play at times. And look, it's, it's part of the business, right? Guys are Mm going to get traded. If it's going to throw off something. I mean, these players are in the NHL. They know, Mm -hmm. they know what it's like. A lot of them, especially the older guys, they've experienced seeing a new guy walk through that, Maybe they were just fighting in a game earlier in the season oh, yeah. and they hate his guts, right? right? But they just have to get over it. It's the business. Guys are going to come in. But, Taryn, as you mentioned, it's like, what are you going to have to give up to get to that point? And that certainly could throw off what you already have. And I know for sure, in, in your interview with Chuck Fletcher, they're looking at these things, too. They're not just looking at the numbers on the sheet. They're not looking at what the, what they're capable of playing on a certain line or in a certain maybe power play unit or any of their capabilities. Right. They're well, on top of that, they're looking at how this player would fit into the team. And yeah. certainly, wouldn't you think with Kevin Hayes, that was part of the thing. They knew he had a good personality. I would love to know. I should actually talk they didn't to know about maybe that. I, I, how much, but there it is. I think, cool. yeah, I think Kevin Hayes is like a, a fairly well-liked guy around the league for yeah. players. Like, they find him to be funny. And, and do you think Vigneault so had know. any sort of background to that as well? I oh, mean, yeah, because he, he coached him in, in New some, York. Yeah, I mean, I know Kevin was in, like, kind of – in a different role in terms of how he came into the league and being younger there. But I'm sure um, Elaine kind of knew of his creative nicknames. Kind of knew, kind of know. Um, Yeah, they both did. Elaine video obviously coached him in New York and knew his game. And and Kevin Hayes has said that was a big selling point for him coming here. Yeah. And then Chuck Fletcher definitely did his homework, um, reached out to his college coach, talked to plenty of people. Which we would hope from a GM. Exactly. Of course. He, but every GM does that, and good for Chuck Fletcher for doing it. And he said, yeah, they he checked off all the boxes in terms of character, team guy. And I bet he found out that he's a good personality and good for a locker room, too. And gosh, we've, we've definitely seen that. Yeah. 
All right. Is there anything else before we get finished up today, Taryn? I need like a really good story from you. Spicy. Oh, a Your really best good story from the season. Really good spice story? A spicy story from spicy the season? Spicy story. Either oh, man. interview, spicy. travels, anything. I know you have so much fun on the road oh, with this goodness. team. Oh, goodness. I have a good one from when Joel Farabee got called up, actually. Okay, here we yes. go. Um, so this is a while Early ago. in the season. Yeah. yeah. So Joel Farabee got called up, and his lockers, his stall is not far away from Jake's in the in the skate zone in Voorhees. And, um, and everybody's talking about, like, I think this was maybe, I'm trying to think when this was. They were going somewhere, and Jake is, like, a huge foodie. Jake has, like, loves restaurants, loves eating good food. <laughs> so... Whenever they go somewhere, Jake kind of knows the good restaurants. Like, even the coaching staff or, like, us on the broadcast team will ask him, like, where should we go get reservations? And so Jake was talking about, like, a restaurant or something where we were going. You have to go here. They have great stuff, whatever. And Joel goes, you know what, man? If I only had to eat one thing for the rest of my life, like, my favorite restaurant, bar none, is Chipotle. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this kid is 19. He is Says really 19 year years old. <laughs> And I turned around and I was like, Chipotle? Like, you're on death row. You get one last meal. He's like, yeah, no doubt, Chipotle. And I was just like. When was the last time Jake had Chipotle? I know. If he there. ever has. Well, and, I and, would love to know Jake's Jake, reaction. Jake, like, <laughs> Jake he's just sitting in his locker room, like, runs his hands through his hair and is like, excuse me? Like, just side eyes him so hard. Oh, my gosh. And I'm just, and I'm, I mean, I remember being in college and, like, Chipotle was both Life. an expensive and a tasty meal when I was broke in college. But I just, because we right. always sit there and there's a couple of guys, so they come back for a mission interview, so I'll walk in the room and I'll just say, what do you want to talk about? And I remember on 80s nights, Joel walks back in, and I wasn't born in the 80s either, but Joel wasn't born in the 90s. So... 2000. Yeah, That's crazy. Joel, crazy. Walks, Joel walks in and I was like, what do you want to talk about? And he was like, the 2000s because I'm tired of like all this 80s stuff or something. Or like he didn't, he didn't get it. Like he didn't get all the references. And I was like, that's good. I was like, would you even get a 90s night? And he was like, no, I was born in 2000. And I'm 27. Oh and I was just like, oh, my God, I've never felt older in my entire life. That so, is yeah. so funny. So Joel Farabee, man, he's just a, a precious teenager. I mean, <laughs> only for a couple more days, though, too, right? His birthday's coming up. He's a February baby, I think. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure when his birthday is. I always see it on the when we're doing pregame on the okay. big on the big jumbotron. I think he's a February. Are you looking it up? No. Oh, I, I thought Katie was looking it up. I actually am trying to look up my hockey joke of the day before we go. Yes, Katie. Oh, okay. It's funny. Oh, it's funny. Well, we okay. can we can clip the the cash. Well, I don't think I've used this. I don't think this. that was a good joke. So we, we've had plenty joke. of jokes. We got to get fact going. Oscar found really quick. What? Okay, what was this one again? It was like, what is the, um, why are hockey players like a goldfish? Okay, this is like, I'm nervous. No. I hope you guys laugh. Why are hockey players like goldfish? I don't. A like with goldfish. A like with goldfish? You tap on the glass to get their attention. Laugh, <laughs> <laughs> that no. Taryn, Taryn, laugh. No, you have to laugh. Like, if you come <laughs> on the podcast, you have to laugh at my joke. Yes. Okay, eventually I'm going to like run out of these jokes too and have to like call my dad and get some good jokes. You should tweet him. these out. You should tweet out one a day. <laughs> uh, I'll get on that. It's like, yeah, you'd be like one of those inspirational accounts. Right, right. It's like right? they tweet out yeah. like a thought of the day. People or people that. just be like, what the heck are you <laughs> talking They'd about? They'd be like, this is not <laughs> be like, didn't yeah. you Google this, Katie? Yeah. <laughs> Taryn Hatcher, you need to come on more often. This I will. What, next time I'll I'm back. Stories. Thank like you for traveling joining. for forever. Thank you for having me. Of course. And everyone, thank you for listening to the Flyers Talk podcast. I'm Katie Emmer. Thank you, Taryn Hatcher, and I am Jordan Hall. Uh, rate us, subscribe us wherever you get your podcast, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.